Blog Talk Radio. Big Mike and Vinny the Shark. And good morning, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Over the Top Sports Radio, Saturday morning, April 20th. Very rainy, crappy day out here in New York, but uh, hopefully you're listening uh, all over the country and even the world. Robbie D, Big Mike with you. Vinny the Shark out there uh, putting his uh, bets to the test in Vegas for the week, so good luck to him. Uh, and Goon with the day off, too. So just Mike and I today, tons to talk to you about at 646-716-5403. Also on Facebook and on our Twitter as well. Love to talk sports with you guys. And there's no shortage of topics today, Mike. We could start with NBA. We could start with the MLB. We could start with, uh, you know, Jacob DeGrom's injury. Uh, you know, starting to be a problem, an epidemic in Major League Baseball right now, just three weeks into the season with all these injuries. Uh, but we're going to start with hockey because – we don't get to start with hockey a lot, and there's a ton to talk about. Um, Mike, the first team that clinched a playoff spot was the first team eliminated. The first team in the West that clinched the spot, the first team in the West eliminated. And, of course, Sidney Crosby and the Peng- Penguins out already. So not exactly a chalky first round so far, but uh, a lot going on, a lot to talk about, and the two number one seeds already out of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, it's been a wild NHL playoffs, and I would have never expected. Listen, I thought Columbus was decent, Rob. They went for it at the deadline. You know, you and I both thought it was aggressive with the free agents that they have coming up at the end of the year, but I uh, never would have expected them to to beat Tampa Bay, let alone sweep Tampa Bay. And then you have the Calgary Flames, who you've been on for two years now, just awesome to watch, awesome at home. They fly up and down the ice, just such a young, quick team. And maybe that was the downfall. Uh, youth, uh, you know, inexperience in the playoffs, I don't know, but – um, they really got outplayed for uh, most – besides game one, they were outplayed by the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, they, they won game one, and, and it was almost like this a similar thing with Tampa Bay where it seemed like it was going to be a little bit easy. Um, I've been on Calgary so much, so wrong. I mean, I, I couldn't be more wrong because they lost. I had them winning the series in five games. They won five games. They mm-hmm. lost. Um, game two at home, they lost in overtime, and I feel like that gave Colorado – some momentum and and as much as you want to talk about the things that might have um plagued calgary colorado is really a hot team playing well um they had a great start to the season i remember we were talking with our friend jimmy Mm. jimmy and i were all over oh my god this they have one of the best first lines in hockey Mm -hmm. they have a good defense they couldn't you know lose then they had a stretch where they lost i think it was 18 of 22 games Mm -hmm. in the middle of the season and okay it it wasn't sustainable landis cog gets hurt Mm -hmm. you know teams can defend them um, but they got their mojo back. Philip Grubauer's played great. He He's got them into awesome. the playoffs. Yep. Um, and they played great. They're young. Mm-hmm. They're fast. They're big defensively. Eric Johnson's a, a, a defenseman that doesn't get much recognition, but he's a you know very solid defenseman with a ton of experience mm-hmm. back there. And uh, like you said, uh, Philip Grubauer, he's been awesome. So Colorado did a great job. They really did. And just um, it's a shame for the Flames. It really is. And uh, I don't know. I, I, you kind of like seeing different teams, Rob, uh, 
finishes that one seed, kind of make a push into the playoffs. And uh, he was kind of rooting for them. You know, Johnny Hockey, Kachuk. Uh, I've bought in on Moynihan. I've bought in a little bit to the Calgary Flames. Uh, Hamannick, you know, your boy Hamannick out there. They were an exciting team to watch all year. It's just a shame that they went out like the way they did. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame for their fans. You saw their fans did a great job. I mean, they got blown out last night. Yeah. It was 2 nothing with five seconds left in the first period. They get a goal from TJ Brody. Okay, back in the game, trying to get back in the series. Um, they go down 5-1. to one. The fans stay till the end. Standing ovation, chanting for Mike Smith, who, you know, he's a goalie that, you know, doesn't get a lot of credit, but he's made a pretty decent name for himself, and he wasn't the problem. No. They gave up 50 shots on goal mm-hmm. back-to-back games in the series. Yeah, and, and it's home ice last night. That can't be. You can't have that on home ice. It just it was almost as if they didn't show up the, after that first period. It was a shame. It really was. Yeah, and, and, you know, when you think about it, too, I mean, they were the number one seed. They had 107 points. Um, the whole rest of the West was grouped together the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. And teams like Colorado that had to fight till the end to make it in over Arizona, over a surging Blackhawks team late in the season that tried to get hot and tried yep. to get in. Um, and then you think about you know, Columbus. They had – you know, they were down and they were out of the playoffs with Montreal ahead of them. And they had a surge in the last six or seven games to make it in. Yep. You, you kind of wonder to yourself, is it like a hex to be one of these teams that has your spot? You're comfortable. You're not playing a big game forever. And you're playing these teams that have been playing playoff hockey for the last month or so. We'll see what happens. Cause now similar situation is your New York Islanders and they now have to wait about a week. Same but, as Columbus. Right. Same with Columbus. Exactly. So, now you have to wait a week. You have to see what happens. I saw you mentioning on your show last night, uh, you know, they came in scrimmage against Bridgeport because Bridgeport is in the playoffs. So what do you do? And, and you said it, Barry Trotz, this isn't his first time down the street, right? Barry Trotz knows what he's going to do. Um, you would think that a, a team like the New York Islanders riding so much momentum, Rob, I don't want to wait the week. I really don't. I'd rather be playing a little bit sooner. I know playoffs, it's grueling, uh, you know, injuries, the rest is good or whatever. I want to carry that momentum. I really do. I am a big believer in momentum. And it's the same thing with football. When we talked about, do you rest your players week 17? No, I want to ride momentum, man. I want to go in winning. Yeah, I listen, I agree. And, and that's what we're going to see. And, and uh, you think that most of the time in a seven-game series, the better team wins. But right now, I mean, we're not seeing that. Mm-hmm. Like, is, is, are you going to convince me right now that because of a four-game series that Columbus is a better team than Tampa Bay? No. No. Um, uh, and with Calgary and Colorado, uh, maybe you can make more of a point there because, like I said, Colorado got such a great start. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have the experience. Um, but but l- listen, and we didn't really get to talk about it. Last weekend we talked on the show a little bit. Tampa Bay was down 2 nothing, and I was like, they're going to they're gonna find a way to win a game or two make a series. Right. I, uh, I led you the wrong way. I can't apologize <laughs> anymore with some sports betting. It makes me never want to bet again. Um, but we haven't been able to talk on a show about how epic – this sweep was not just the fact that Columbus beat a team with 62 wins, but that they swept them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and I know you're a big John Tortorella guy and he's a big part of it. Oh, he's been awesome. And and they bought in though. It's players like we mentioned, Riley Nash and Boone Jenner. And uh, it's hard work guys going down, blocking shots. And that's what Tortorella is, right? Block shots, get back, play defense. They've all seemed to buy in. You have a guy like Duchesne who hasn't played a playoff game before till this series, Rob. He looks awesome. He, I mean, has been up and down the ice. You have uh, Panarin has been just absolutely ridiculous. Bobrovsky, besides the first period of game one, he's been awesome. He has been absolutely awesome. Something clicked. They bought in. 
And Jeremy Roddick actually said uh, a quote, and I'll butcher the hell out of it, but just that hard work will talent when talent doesn't want to work. I think that's actually right. I think I said it word for word. You've got to And um, just, it's true. They outwork uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning against the boards, just every aspect of the game. It was unbelievable. And it kind of like snowballed. They came back in that game one, um, and I would have attributed that, and I did too. Okay, Tampa Bay got up to such a quick lead. You yes. Naturally, you're just going to hold back like you get. Get, get complacent is the right word. Um, and then in game two, they're going to come. But it kept snowballing, and Columbus <laughs> gets like the first goal in game two, and, and Tampa starts to doubt themselves. They start mm. to grip their sticks tight. They start to get a little bit more. Um, you know, all the pressure was on them. Um, but I think the biggest move in this series, it doesn't get talked about enough, is it? And I didn't get to watch because I was at the Islander game that night. But when you give up three goals in like the first 10 minutes of a game, and you call your timeout, and you yep. don't pull your goalie, mm-hmm. Tortorella stayed with Bobrovsky. He did. And Bobrovsky really answered the bell from that, and he's a pending free agent, and he at that point was playing for everything, mm-hmm. and he answered the bell, and that's, I think, the coaching move so far the playoffs. They played so physical, and listen, the Leafs-Bruin series has been physical hockey. It really has. They played Columbus so physical, they finished their check on everybody that uh, Hedman was hurting. And they got under the skin of Kucherov. That Kucherov took a penalty and was suspended. Um, they hit stamp goes every single time. It was it was truly it was unbelievable. It really was. And credit, listen, I said on the show last week, Martin St. Louis, the power play coach for the Columbus Blue Jackets, just after that shorthanded goal they gave up to Killhorn, he put um, a uh, he used Felino as a bumper in the middle of the ice there in the uh, offensive zone, and that was it. Tampa Bay then couldn't pressure. They couldn't use their speed on the penalty kill. And uh, it was a big difference for them. It really was. Yeah, and now they're home. Uh, 62 games that they won in the regular season. Zero wins for them in the postseason. A lot of unanswered questions for them. Where do you go? I don't know. They have all the talent in the world. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're going to go anywhere. Except I'd fire is- Cooper. I would fire oh, Cooper, man. Rob. That's so hard to do. I mean, they You gave- just got swept in the first round, and you gave up a 3 nothing lead. I have to look lead. it up, but didn't they I give him an Cooper. extension right before the series? I don't know if it was before the series. I thought he was getting an extension. Uh, I could be wrong, or he wanted one. Yeah, he got an extension March 26th. So it's right here. So you're not you're not firing no. him now. I mean, that's wow. only Dave Gettleman would do something like that. Yeah. But um, you you kind of have to say, hey, we got the horses. We're going to learn from this and get kind of pissed off. And and now next year is going to mean nothing. Anything mm-hmm. they do in the regular season next year means nothing. They, True. They could be the Golden State Warriors and go 72 and 10, and nobody's going to give a crap. Or I guess it was 73 and 9. Golden State went. And no one's going to give a crap until they go in the playoffs and have success. Nothing yeah. matters. You're absolutely right. And just to hit Columbus one last time, is John Tortorella gave that team a speech after the first period. It's up on Twitter. You have to check it out. I mean, you want to talk about rallying the troops and just not giving up and believing in. And Tortorella has a, uh, a history of a short fuse, to say the least. Right, Rob? And, and kind of bashing players here and there. There was none of that. He got behind them. He got them to buy in. And, uh, I mean, good for them. And they are one of – look, just like the Blues in the West, it's a hot team riding momentum that you just – you can't write off anymore. And you, but, you, like you said before, that's the, the age-old question now. Does the momentum go away by having the week off, or is the week of rest um, good for them? Like I said last night, rest or rust? Right. You know, does rest equal rust, I guess, is the thing. Um, but I'll take a day or two of rest. I don't want a week. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It's good for a team like the Islanders, who lost some players to injury right. in game four against the Penguins. Um, you would like to sweep maybe in the second or third round of the Stanley Cup playoffs because you've been going through a big grind. Sure. 
Um, this is, I don't want to say just four games. I don't want to devalue what a Stanley Cup playoff game does to your body, but for both teams. Um, now, Columbus gets the winner of Boston and Toronto. I thought this would be the best series in the first round, and so far it's living up to the bill. Have you been able to see any of it? Uh, a little bit. A little bit I've seen. And uh, physical, awesome. You've had goals up till really last night, right? Two to one. Um, listen, I liked the Bruins going into this series just because of goaltending I thought was going to be a key. Defense I thought was going to be a key. Um, playing as a team, Rob, I thought would be a key. And it really – the Leafs have – exceeded my expectations i'll put it like that defensively it seems like they found a way to play some decent defense in the playoffs and and i don't understand why boston um i, I understand why they did it they want to have uh you know the extra talent on multiple lines in depth but you can't break up Pasternak um no. off of that front line with bergeron and marchand he's been playing with david krejci and and it's not a bad line to have trust me with the brusque over there but you've got to put that line back together because you're facing elimination now uh, in the first five games, three road teams have won. Mm-hmm. So Toronto goes back tomorrow with a chance to close out the series. Um, but that's far from a sure thing because the road teams have been playing well. These teams have met in the playoffs the last two years yeah. in a row. This is the third year now. First two years went to seven games, Mike. Um, Toronto fans are very excited. They're I, very talented. I take any hate that I have for their right. players right now away. I mean, you look on paper, these might be the two best teams in the East. And with Tampa Bay out, they certainly are. Right. And this, to me – has to go seven games. It would be an epic game seven. I completely agree with everything that you said. And um, it's never been a, a question of them scoring, right? Like they're going to score goals with the amount of talent on that team. It's been defensively in goaltending. And if you're getting that now, then listen, you kind of have to side with them, right? Because that's something we didn't expect from them. Not at all. I, I did not expect them to clean up their defense because they had a stretch. I mean, they were giving up five goals to every, Ottawa. Every game. I mean, this isn't like every in game. December where they had half yep. season. This is like with two weeks remaining, uh, and with the week and a half remaining in the season, there it was not even that. It was like four games left. It was like, um, you know, if they lose their last three and Montreal wins the last three, they're out. Right. You knew it wouldn't happen, but they ended up with 100 points. But uh, they lost their last three games of the regular season. They gave up 36 more goals this season than the Boston Bruins. So, um, But, hey, this is what Toronto's done all year. They had a great road record. Mm-hmm. They did not play well at home under pressure. Game six. Pressure's on both teams. Um, so it's going to be a very, very exciting game. If you watch one game the rest of the first round, I think that that's got to be the game. Agreed. And I think it goes seven, like you said. Uh, and that should just be fun. Uh, you need that. When you have Tampa Bay out, you're number one seed. Listen, these aren't the biggest markets, Mike, but they're the first place teams. Exactly. So uh, having that original six, seven game playoff series, awesome. Boston, Toronto, yep. you really, I don't care who you like, hate, or dislike, whatever, mm-hmm. um, you've got to watch that. Uh, Western Conference action today, it's. Uh, it's the Blues who had a, a crazy win themselves. Did you see the collapse by the Jets? I did. After the fans chanting to uh, Binghamton, you're nervous. Yeah, uh, and that's crazy. Yeah. I, you know what? Who looked nervous? <laughs> After because... giving up an early goal? Are you kidding me? <laughs> because And I, I give the Jets fans a ton of credit. I mean, they, the white they, out. they awesome. get the white out perfect. They, yep. There's nobody in there that screws it up. Even when the Islanders got a white out great, there's always that one idiot that wore the blue jersey yep. or, or did something stupid. Uh, the Blues, the Jets fans are all in. Uh, but right now, they're all in to lose. I think they lose the series tonight in, in St. Louis in game six. I completely agree with you. And the Blues were hot. You mentioned, again, we talked hot teams at the end of the year. The Blues were one of them. They played great hockey down at the end of the stretch. And I think they're just still riding that momentum, Rob. And let's face it, I need it. I've been wrong. <laughs> the first three series that ended, this was one of the upsets that I had happening. I need it. So please, St. Louis, make me look good on something. <laughs> um, Predators and Stars, the Preds of the Western team that yeah. was Calgary, I love. Um Listen, they still got home ice, best right. of three, two games at home. 
uh, but the Stars are giving them all that they can handle. They are. They're playing, again, physical hockey, good hockey, winning the pucks. I like Nashville today, though. I really do. I'm very confident they get the win on home ice, and then it's just when they put them away. But that Nashville team is not going to be uh, – again, listen, all the first-round knockouts that we've seen, I don't think you see that out of the Nashville Predators. God, and if you see that, I mean, this whole Stanley Cup playoffs is wide open. Just a crapshoot, then. It, I mean, it's a crapshoot to begin with, but, I mean, you always have like that – you know, so the Penguins are always there, right. or – the Washington's always there. Washington's still there. It's tied at two tonight. It's been a home series uh, on NBC 8 p.m. So this is a marquee game for the NHL right. uh, this weekend, the Saturday night slot, 8 o'clock, uh, Washington. They've lost two straight in Carolina. Give the Carolina fans a lot yep. of credit. They've been pretty awesome. I didn't know they had that many fans. <laughs> but they've shown up somehow. It's been a fun series to watch. Yeah, and I like I like the, uh, the home teams tonight. I really do. I like all three home teams. I like the Predators. I like the Blues. I like the Capitals. Um, what are your thoughts on the Ovechkin and the fighting thing? Because it received a lot of negative criticism on Twitter with the whole, you know, fighting shouldn't be allowed anymore. Let's move past that. Um, it just seemed like Ovechkin didn't want to engage, but was left with no choice. Well, first of all, and I always say this to people and they say, why do they let, why is there, why are you allowed to fight in hockey? And I would say, it's not allowed to get a penalty. Right. I just say that kind of the be a dick about it because obviously right. you're not getting suspended or thrown out. Exactly. I do so in my men's league game. I get into a fight. I get a suspension or something. So it's allowed. But hey, you get a penalty. Listen, that's how soft America's become. Like, and I haven't talked about this with you at all. I didn't know what side you're on. I had a feeling. Well. But um, <laughs> this is how soft we are right now. We're so soft that we're going to be mad that Ovechkin fought a guy because he's 19 and Ovechkin won when the guy was a willing combatant in the fight. This is playoff freaking hockey. I would, I would even go more than, say, more than willing, almost initiating. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, either way, it's not like it was a cheap shot. I mean, right. there's cheap shots that you see and you're like, what the hell? That shouldn't be. That's my concern. Something that you do behind the boards. You, you put a guy into the boards, you can go head first, neck first, collarbone, something like that. People you want to talk about in that series, the TJ Oshie injury, whether that was a dirty hit or not. Uh, by Fogel, who's had a great series for Carolina. Now she's going to be out a while. Oh, she's going to be out probably probably the rest of the year. Yep. Um, but, Mike, uh, that's how soft we're getting now. And I say it all the time. I'm so sick of everybody being so soft. Hockey is – they're playing for the Stanley Cup championship. Okay? It's the hardest trophy to win in sports. That's what they like to say. That's, right. It's probably true, and you're seeing it right now, because in the first round, the best teams are out already. And, and it's four rounds of this brutal, you know, hard-hitting playoff action. Um, when your captain gets into a fight, mm-hmm. um, that does a lot for your team because he's a goal scorer. Ovechkin doesn't have to fight. Right. He's a hitter. He got into a fight and he won it. That gives your team a boost. Good for him. Great job for a guy that I, until last year, I'd always killed as a leader and a captain. Not as a great goal scorer, right. yep. but as a leader and a captain. Um, I had no problem with it. In fact, I enjoy that he didn't shy away from it because he's Alex Ovechkin's superstar. Uh, I agree with almost everything that you said, and I just would add that um, it's unfortunate, obviously, what happened, but there was no ill uh, intent there, right? It's just, it's unfortunate, but um, everything that you said was spot on. It really was. And you and you see it all the time, Mike, when we talk about no ill intent, hockey players have the greatest respect for yep. one another that you could ever see in sports. You see the lineup he, after every series, yeah, Rob. And not only that, you've seen guys get into a fight. It's been mic'd up on, on one of the great shows was uh, 24-7. It's like a hard knocks. They did it on HBO forever leading up to the Winter Classic. And you would see fights and all this chess talking and all that, and they beat the crap out of each other. And when it's done, tap them on the yep. back. Hey, good job. Hey, you yep. okay? No problem. And it's just part of the game. Mm-hmm. So this was that too. And I'm sure Svechnikov, who's going to be better for it anyway in the long run because, 
he's a, a, a 19-year-old rookie, number two overall pick, playing in the playoffs against so Ovechkin. a phenomenal year. <laughs> phenomenal year, and he looks up to Ovechkin. Right. Um, you know, I'm sure he will be the first guy to, you know, shake Ovechkin's hand when the season ends, or series ends, no matter who wins. Right. I mean, that, that, that's hockey. Uh, you saw it with, with – um, uh, I tweeted about it uh, on my personal account, but you saw Robin Leonard and, uh, and Hornquist go at it in game four. I mean, mm-hmm. they stopped the Islanders on a breakaway. I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw it, mm-hmm. because they were fighting in the crease. I mean, sticks and everything, hugs, handshakes, and laughs in the handshake line. I mean, you're trying to win the cup. Exactly. So get over it, guys. Stop being so damn soft. You like all three home teams today as well? I do like all three home teams, but I know that there's going to be a road exactly. team that wins. I just can't pinpoint which one it is. I look at the games if individually. If I had to guess of the three, I would think that exactly. I don't the think Jets. Jets. I agree with you, 100%. Um, if I had to pinpoint each one, or think of each one individually, I like the home teams. But, you know, you, you, you're, I'm not the guy to give any more hockey betting advice or any advice right now. Nobody should, honestly. Um, nobody should. But um, the three-leg home team parlay, some home team is going to lose tonight. Um, let me ask you this, Mike. And, and just because it's an Islander fan thing, you're not an Islander fan, I think. Um, I hate them, I've huh? seen you deny the game. <laughs> but um, um, it's interesting because fans – Went so hard on to, my God, I hope the Capitals win because I want home ice. I want to play the Hurricanes. But I think that, you know what, pros and cons of playing either team. Mm-hmm. You're an Islander fan. Who are you hoping to face in the next round? Um, I would think the Capitals. I really would. Just because, listen, it's still Barry Trotz's team, in all honesty, right? He knows them. He knows the system. He, he's familiar with them. And you would think, listen, it was the same thing against the Penguins, right? He knows the Penguins. He knew how to shut down Crosby, which they did. He knew how to shut down Malkin, which he did. He knew how to get under their skin, which they did. I would think that would give them an edge against the Washington Capitals. I would. Yeah, that's starting to be the point that I'm starting to, you know, really push home is home ice might – it might be better for the Islanders to start on the road anyway Mm -hmm. because this whole Brooklyn thing is becoming a distraction. It's – it's a whole other show Which is for a whole other network. It's unfortunate also, though, because it should be at the Nassau College. It should be, but there's nothing anybody could do about it. And we could you know, talk about it. To, and nobody cares outside of Islander fans, so we don't get into it here. But um, I, if anybody knows the Capitals and, and their weaknesses and how to exploit them, you would think it's Barry Trotz. Um, both games in Washington this year, the Islanders shut out Washington. And so. you don't think those players are going to rally around Barry Trotz for that? Of course they will. Come Listen, <laughs> it, it's, the stage is set perfectly, right? It's uh, the revenge tour. If you want to believe in such things, you beat the Penguins, the team Islanders have faced off forever and yep. lost to in the playoffs. You got Trotz versus where it's, you know, his former team. Mm-hmm. My biggest nightmare is the conference final playing Tavares because if they lose to Tavares in the playoffs, I might be out of all of our group chats. <laughs> and then you, you actually want to go a step further. The one thing people don't think about much is if it was them against Nashville in the final, Barry Trotz started there. So. Right. That's way getting ahead of ourselves, and there's a lot of hockey to be played. But um, no shortage of uh, storylines in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, try to tweet about it whenever we can. Uh, talk about it with you guys as much. Uh, in a week from now, we'll have all the answers to what happened in this uh, first round. We'll be in the second round. We can talk about that then as well. So 646 716 646-716-5403. Would you something for me or no? No. Nope. Okay. Just, uh, I thought it said Holtby. No, nope. want to break it down so that uh, the followers don't have to, you know, could skip around and, and pick out the topic. Gotcha. So. I thought it said Holtby. I'm like, what no, happened no, no, to Braden no. Holtby that I missed? Nothing happened. Um, but listen, you know, baseball, 
there's no shortage of storylines here too. And whether it be the start that teams are getting off to like either Seattle or Tampa Bay, um, Pittsburgh, yeah. you know, kind of these teams that might've been overlooked going into the season. Um, you can, you can talk about anything you want, but there's been no bigger story than injuries. And the biggest bombshell right now is in the back of Mets fans throats. Yeah, Jacob DeGrom is going to go for an MRI because uh, his elbow was, quote, barking. So take that for whatever that is. Um, listen, he went through a scare also last year, which I think a lot of Met fans are forgetting, right? And it turned out to be nothing. He, he then went on and won the Cy Young with one of, one of the best pitching seasons we've ever seen. So you have to hope it's nothing. He's going to miss a start or two. Um, the question now becomes, what do you do, Rob? Because Vargas last night, they let him face the order twice and pulled him and ended up barely winning that game. They should have really blew it, the bullpen, towards the end. The Cardinals left too many runners on. Uh, you have to now go get Gio Gonzalez, who is opting out today. So now the Yankees have till fr- uh, Monday, excuse me, to put him on the roster or let him go. This Mets were going to scout him uh, last night, but it got rained out. Or do you go get Dallas Keuchel and, and you put him in that rotation? If you saw how Matt's pitched this week, Dallas Keuchel really should be the answer, and he would be a giant upgrade in that rotation. Besides, Syndergaard hasn't pitched well either. Uh, Wheeler's had his up and downs, and basically, DeGrom's had a few good starts, and the last two has not been well either. So go, you, you have a good team. Go out, get Dallas Keuchel on a one-year deal, which he's now willing to accept, even a two-year depending on the price, and bring him in. But fingers crossed, this DeGrom injury is just like last year. Uh, you know, maybe it's just the beginning of the year, dead arm, dead whatever. And hopefully he's fine. And one of the things about the, the Grom injury that gives Mets a little bit of hope is that he threw after the day that his arm was barking. Right. He said it felt a little better. Right. You hope that means something, and you hope that's just true, because you never really know. Mm-hmm. Um, he's already had Tommy John once in his career. You'd never like to hear the elbow, obviously. You don't. Even uh, if you're a Mets, you know, whether you're a fan or right. a fan of a team in their division. Because right now he's the best pitcher in baseball. And Yeah, and that baseball needs guys like him. And the right. Mets need guys like him in the market. And the division does. It, right. it's, it's better for baseball. Um, listen, the Keiko thing is starting to get old. It's bothering me now because we're now at the end of April almost. Mm-hmm. He's not going to just sign and be a quick fix. So right. Gio Gonzalez is the better uh, guy right now for the Mets. They're going to have to sign both because Gio's going to have to help them in the near future. And if DeGrom, DeGrom is out full time or long term, um, then you have Keiko because he's not going to be ready now until June. Right. He's going to have to. I know he's throwing, but he's not. You know, spring training. He's not throwing games. So now you're not going to have him until June. You got to go out there and make a move for Gio Gonzalez. Now, does he pitch today because he's he got rained out yesterday? He, he's supposed to, but I know because he's opting. Like, I don't know how that works. If he, with him the opting date was out, yesterday, exactly. right? Uh, the date's today. today. So, and now the Yankees have, uh, you know, 48 hours to make a decision. He was scheduled to pitch last night. And uh, if I'm him, I'm not pitching now. Of course, I, yeah, I'm not displaying anything. I completely agree with you. So, yeah, you see what happens there. Uh, I'm not too sure about that. But um, the, the, the Mets need – one of the two, they really do. And like you mentioned, two, I can't see those cheap bastards bringing in both. No, the Mets... And they have no depth in AAA. They have no starting pitching depth in AAA. It would either be Gazelman or Lugo. To now, who's going today? Flexen? Flexen. And he's so, going to get rocked. And he's not a guy that's going to be a, a, an answer for the Mets He was the bullpen all year last year, and they stretched him out this year, uh, you know, for the minors. But he is not the answer in the rotation. Yeah. Um, if I'm the Mets, I'm not panicking yet. But you need to have these contingency plans. You need to have a guy. You should have, first of all, signed Gio Gonzalez a long time ago. Because you know what? Now Vargas is the guy that, okay, he's our sixth starter. Okay, we'll fill him in now. Right. While we try to find another answer for DeGrom, 
Now you have to hope you can get him from the Yankees if you even want to or if you want to try. Why didn't they to begin with? If they didn't want to for the all Well, that contract season, was nothing anyway, to be honest. The Yankees gave him nothing. Right. So. so why wouldn't the Mets want him to begin with? If that's all that he was going to take, why didn't the Mets go out there and give it to him? I agree. So uh, it, it bothers me right now if I'm a Mets fan, um, but it doesn't matter. No, no matter what the contingency plan is, Mike, no matter who comes in, the biggest thing is, is what is the answer on Jacob's arm? And nothing else matters because there's no matter who you get, he's not replacing Jacob DeGrom. Right. And if he misses long-term, forget it. <laughs> Just forget it. Because you're built on an MLB playoff series, right? Where you could throw DeGrom, Syndergaard, Wheeler, or Mats, or whoever. If you're missing the best pitcher in baseball, Jacob DeGrom, forget it. Yeah. Um, and, and the Mets are up to a good start. Um, everything that I liked about the Mets um, started and ended with Edwin Diaz. Mm-hmm. He had a little bit of trouble last night just to get Vinny's blood pressure going in the ninth inning. Heart rate up a little bit, but Diaz <laughs> gets the job done. Um, they're winning games. They, they, they've played so many road games, and they've stayed afloat. Now they're coming home for this. Um, it would just be such a punch to the gut if you come back home after such a great start to the season on the road, which they've had. Right. Their record is very good when you consider – what they played? Six home games? Five home games, if I look right now? And you come home, and then you, you lose Jacob DeGrom uh, it, it, because they're hanging in there in the NL East right now to start the season there. They're 11-8. and eight. They played five home games out of 19 games. I mean, that's a huge split. That's 14 road games and five home games. And it's just like the Colorado Rockies. Everybody's getting on their case. They've played, I think, seven home games uh, after last night. So it's just um, – it's early. You can't hit the panic button yet. The DeGrom injury, fine. I, I understand that if you want to hit the panic button, if that's severe. But there's other teams, Rob, like – the Yankees, you can't hit the panic button yet. The Colorado Rockies, you can't hit the panic button yet. Um, you just you got to kind of sit back and, and relax and take it in. Memorial Day. That's when you start to hit the panic button. That's where you start to see things shaping up to see. You've had, you played about 60 games. Yep. Uh, to me, that's where you start to feel like who is real and who might be in either some trouble or off to a really good start that it's sustainable. And by then, the Yankees should have El Gary back, Stanton back, and Duhar is going to be back, the uh now likely. So uh, the reinforcements are on the way for the New York Yankees. And that's only going to help Judge. That's only going to help Glaber right. Torres. Um, I know his batting average is about 200, but the fact that Brett Gardner has five home runs this year, yep. right now of all the active Yankees, Gary Sanchez is number one, but he's on the IL. I'm sorry, he's on the DL. I don't yep. say IL. Um <laughs> He's got the most home runs, so he's helping them run into, you know, helping them at least stay afloat at nine and ten, and and it doesn't hurt the Yankees at all that Boston is still Mike struggling so much. Yeah, and listen, uh, Mookie Betts had a home run last night. He's kind of busting out. Hopefully, uh, I think he had two hits actually last night. So he has not been himself at all. JD, same thing. Um, Dustin Pedroia now to the DL, and that that was kind of a rough week because Pedroia comes back. You DFA Blake Swihart, right? Who you just don't have a, a place for. He can hit. He's, he came up as a catcher. He really couldn't catch. He had him playing second base. But to make room for Pedroia, they DFA him. Now Pedroia goes to the injured list. He's got the knee issue again. You have to move Swihart. That left the hole. So they call up their top prospect, Michael Chavis. And um, sometimes, Rob, when you're struggling, it's just good to have fresh blood up there. So he's up there. He's going to hopefully be the answer at second base long term. But he'll see some time at first and third. Uh, and then you had David Price's comments this week, too, saying, if we don't start winning, they're going to trade J.D., they're going to trade Mookie, and they might even trade me. And I think that um, you see teams that, that after they win the World Series, they kind of go on a, a slow start, a bit of a lull. And David Price is saying, hey, Betts is a free agent at the end of the year. He'll, they'll get rid of him. They will absolutely get rid of him. 
JD, they'll bring something back. And then Price even goes as far to say, we have the 30th ranked farm system. We know they'll trade us for youth. And he's probably right. Right. And the thing that I think that's refreshing about that is you don't normally find professional athletes willing to kind of break down that fourth wall. Exactly. To actually talk about something like that. They, They usually give you the cliche answers of, hey, you know, it's our job to play. Management does their job. You know, I'll let them. Right. No, I, I, I like this and I appreciate it. And from a guy that actually earned a lot of respect from me by being able to pitch well in the postseason last year. Agreed. And he's still got something left. He's shown it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this team's got plenty of left. And I think by the time it comes time to decide whether you want to make these trades or not, Boston's going to be just fine in the standings. Yeah, listen, Bet Attendee came back last night. Bet's, like we said, hit the home run last night. J.D. Martinez is still top three hitter in baseball. It's truly just going to be pitching, Rob. What are they going to get out of pitchers? And that's going to be the answer, starting pitching, because the bullpen hasn't been bad. The starting pitching has been atrocious. You want to talk about something that hasn't been bad, and that's the offense of the Seattle Mariners. Yeah. How are they sustaining this? Um, I mean, they've got, what was it, 40 more runs than every other team in the American League? Mm-hmm. It's insane. Home run in, what, 20 straight games? And they, they don't stop. And, and we, it's early. And like mm-hmm. I said, they could be a 500 team very well by the end of the year. But, Mike, you watch more than anybody. Um, what is clicking for this lineup right now, a lineup that it looked like they were trying to kind of break up in the offseason. Well, we hit on it, though. We said, that sure, you traded Robertson Cano, but you brought back good hitters. You brought back professional hitters. We said at the beginning of the year, this lineup isn't going to be as bad as everyone thinks they're going to be. You brought in Jay Bruce. Jay Bruce has his up and downs, Rob, but Jay Bruce a 30-home run guy if he plays every day, right? Uh, Edwin uh, Encarnacion, sure, he strikes out 200 times, and he's on the downfall of his career. Still a 30 home run guy. And you brought both of these guys in. You brought in um, Navarez, the catcher from the Chicago White Sox, who is having a terrific start so far. Uh, They're kind of almost just rejuvenated. You're getting good pitching from Marco Gonzalez. Uh, You were sent off Paxton. And who'd you get for Paxton? Swanson, who pitched a great game against the Cleveland Indians this week. So uh, every move that they've made in the offseason, and believe me, it was almost a trade a day. So far, it's paid off. And it doesn't look like their trip to Japan to start the year has hurt them. No. Uh, and they're 10-1 and one on the road to start the year, which yep. is a great start to the year. I mean, if you can be a 500 road team, uh, you think that you're a good enough home team to get you to 90 wins. Um, if you could play, they're not going to play 10-1 and one, you know, the rest of the right. year. But even if you finish 10 games over, 15 games over, 500 on the road, you're almost a lock to be a 91 team. Right. And if they finish, even if they just finish over 500, like you just broke down, they should, right? If the, I mean, it's early. But if you kept up some sort of – just sustain uh, sustainable pace, you'll overachieve because people didn't predict the Seattle Mariners to win uh, to be over a 500 team. We just thought the lineup could be underrated. If to finish over 500 would be a win for the Seattle Mariners. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Uh, catch your eye in baseball. I know you got some baseball notes. Uh, the Pirates last night, Starling Marte carted off the field, uh, devastating. He's had a good year so far. Um, one of the real veteran presences on that team, right? They have some youth going on there. Um, if he misses substantial time, that would be a, a big loss because that pitching has been ridiculous. The starting pitching, absolutely phenomenal. We hit on Mets to Grom, Yankees and Duhar now talking that he's going to be the DH or first base. Um, just to get that bat in the lineup, it makes sense. It really does, right? So I get that. The problem I have there, if you put him at DH, Rob, you figure Hicks has to play center field every day. Judge is going to play right field, Stanton in left field you kind of now, where's Clint Frazier go, right? Where's Brett Gardner going to get any of his at-bats? So that could be an issue there. Uh, I would use Clint Frazier to get a starting pitcher. That's just me. Right. I agree. Uh, he's been awesome so far. Daniel Murphy uh, out in rehab. He should be back in two weeks. So that adds again to the Ryan McMahon, Garrett Hampson, Daniel Murphy saga of who gets the playing time. 
Lindor should be activated today. They have a doubleheader. Um, that's a big, big piece, right? I mean, that team has not hit whatsoever. Carrasco hasn't been good. Kluber hasn't been good. MLB yesterday did an awesome piece. We put it up on our Twitter, just a picture of Corey Kluber's deliveries. I think it was 2014 and, and, and this year. And he's getting dramatically lower when he finishes and delivers the ball and uh, almost overcompensating for something. So you have to worry there. But Lindor should be back today. Doubleheader. Don't think he plays both, but possibly one of the two. Let's hope not. And uh, Vlad Jr., Tuesday will be his debut. And uh, I guess they've determined he's ready, right? I mean, you know, the whole Super 2 he's nonsense. He's ready. Right. Yeah, he's it, ready. They think he's ready. He's played enough. His 350 average in the minors is ready. So uh, he should be up on Tuesday, which is awesome. It, the, if you look at his numbers and his father's numbers in the minor league's career, just almost identical. So you see what happens there. And then your Atlanta Braves losing Vizcaino this week. Braves fans are absolutely pleading on Twitter with management to go sign Craig Kimbrell. And, Rob, there is zero It's not just me. Right. It's not just there me, is zero you. reason why you don't go out and sign Craig Kimbrell. It's just that this is my problem with the Braves. And I know that we talked about it when he signed. But the Braves did not need to spend $23 million on Josh Donaldson. I don't care if he has 10 home runs and 30 RBI by right now, which, by the way, he doesn't. He has three right. RBI in the first 18 games. Scored a ton of runs. Though. I think he's got like 14 runs. He scored some. Okay, but they had Johan Camargo with yep. 275, 20 home runs, 75 RBIs last year. Um, Alex Anthopoulos and Josh Donaldson are like best friends. It just bothers me that because his boy that he brought into Toronto needed the job and he gives him such a big you know, contract and they – precluded them from making the rest of their team better. Mm-hmm. It bothers me so much. And then he comes out and he's off to a bad start. I mean, this is this is B.J. Upton type of start. He has two home runs in 18 games. Mm-hmm. He has three RBI. you got to knock in runs when you're hitting in front of these guys. Or you got, I know he's scoring some runs, mm-hmm. but you got to be able to knock in runs. So um, who would you be more concerned about, Mike, the 9-9 nine and nine Braves or the 9-9 nine and nine Nationals? I'm more concerned about the Braves. And I said this going – we debated about this. I thought there would be some negative regression. And – the, the Washington Nationals are getting very good pitching right now. They are. Scherzer, Corbin's been awesome. Strasburg's been fine. They have a very young team that's made mistakes that have cost them games. If they take a next step, Rob, which you could see from Robles and Soto, they could be a scarier team. Dozier hasn't hit yet. I'm more concerned with the Braves. Even last year, I said they needed a bullpen arm at the deadline. I wanted them to go get that bullpen arm. They didn't do it. Now you lose Vizcaino. Uh, Minter had a blow up this week, right? Twice. Right. Is he going to be able to be your everyday closer? I don't know. And what's the pick going to cost him? The 60th overall pick in major league, uh, in the MLB draft? You don't know what you're going to get with the 60th overall pick to go sign Craig Kimbrell. He has familiarity there. The fans love him. Uh, and he's good. It just, it seems he just like, puts everybody else, Mike, into a slot that they're more made for. It seems like a no-brainer, and I don't understand why it's not done yet. I really don't. I, I, I feel like it's not done now. It's never going to get done. And why would it at this point? Why you wait so long? It, like you said, the 60th pick, it's not a first-round pick. Right. They have two picks in the first round. I think it's ninth and 20th, the 27th mm-hmm. overall. Um, and your farm is loaded. And we already have a loaded farm. And we're going to be worried about the 60th pick. I guarantee that 60th pick won't be as good for us as Craig Gimbrell does. I promise you. I will keep an eye on whoever the number 60th pick is. Uh, It's something that should be done now. Heyman, the teams that he has linked to Craig Kimbrell, the Braves, the Brewers, the Nationals, and the Phillies. So just – and it would hurt them. If he goes to one of those other National League East teams, Rob, forget it. Yeah. um, Look at the ERAs for the Braves bullpen. A.J. Minter, supposed to be the closer now. One save, by the way, which leads the team. Him and Vizcaya, they have two saves so far the whole year. 
They don't have anything, but they've blown four, at least, maybe even five. Um, ERA, 707, 794, 964, 1280, 1238, They haven't had a real power guy, right? You haven't seen the home run guy. And you kind of expected that when you lose Bryce Harper. They didn't replace it with a power guy. More of a, you know, just on-base double gap hitter. Brian Dozier has been horrific to start the season, but he hit a home run this week, possibly even two. Um, I I still think that they're going to be a a tough team to beat. I like that bullpen even. We'll just see what happens. And if there was any doubt, by the way, the Phillies are a team that could use Kimbrell too. They are. Um, they really, like you said, these Paxton Neris almost blew it the other day against the Mets, and Gabe Kapler uses that bullpen horrifically. It just, he's an idiot. Yeah, and with that, with Robertson on the DL, yep. and listen, it's not like, oh, well, we'll have Robertson coming back. Robertson was a setup guy for some pretty good teams in the past. He, yep. can, he can handle that load. Like I said, it slots him into a place where he's comfortable too, and it makes him a better team. And if there's any doubt in your mind, because – I knew Christian Yelich was good. Yeah. I didn't know if he was MVP good and was last year, like, just uh, he blew up. Uh, he's kind of proven that he's for real and he's not going anywhere. It's an absolute stud. He really is. And people want to talk about how he's hitting, um, you know, left-handed hitter in that Milwaukee ballpark, which is favored for left-handed batters. That's fine. But this is somebody that is truly becoming a face of baseball, a top three player of baseball. You're looking at an MVP candidate. And what he's doing is just something special. And not to take away, Marcelo Zunas had a great year, and I was dead wrong about him. He has had a great year with the St. Louis Cardinals. And now you look at that Miami outfield, Rob, where you still could have Ozuna, Stanton, and Yelich. And it's just a shame what they did out there. Yeah. Uh, uh, as mad You're as talking I get three about all-star outfielders. As mad as I get about what Alex Anthopoulos has not done for the Braves, I mean, nobody – has a right to be more upset than Miami Marlins. You got Lewis Brinson for Christian Yellick, and Lewis Brinson has not lived up to the top. Oh, he's basically type. Keon Broxton, right? Exactly. I mean, that's what he is. Yep. And you got him for the guy that won the MVP. Uh, Stanton, they got rid of after winning the MVP. Yep. And Yellick, they got rid of the year before he wins the MVP. Yes. That, I mean, that right there. And Real Muto. You and Ozuna's year after they let him go, it was he had a monstrous year. A uh, couple of questions about fantasy baseball on Twitter. I'm sure uh, they're probably not listening now, but um, why not? You trade Rizzo, uh, who's that, and Bog- uh, Bogart to get Yellick? Um, no, I'll take depending how, on the size of the league. If it's a 12-team, I want the duo. If it's a 10-team, I'll take uh, Yellick. And what about Cole Tucker? It looks like he's being promoted. Is he worth a pickup? Uh, I have to do my homework on him more, and I'll let you know. In a 10-team, uh, oh, 20 keeper dynasty, uh, most likely 20 team dynasty. I mean, you're keeping everybody. So, right. That's, that's 200 players. So native all on the IL. So just more injuries. I mean, he's a guy that you knew he's going to land up on the IL every year. He deserved to get paid for what he did in the world series last year, but he's a, the, the way he pitches is he, his arm is always going to have issues. Um, but a guy that, you know, to me is native all better off using the bullpen long-term. I feel like he's got closer type stuff that could actually help save his career 
um, going forward. Maybe not now, but I feel like he actually has a makeup of a closer. With what they just paid, you can't. Not for the money, <laughs> but I'm just saying the makeup, uh, the, the way right. he throws, his two pitches, he throws so hard. Um, I just feel like he's a guy that he might have been better suited off to go to the bullpen. I get it. He, he gets paid starter money, and he showed in the playoffs last year how much he can be effective. But guys always hurt. They almost always are. So we'll get to more of your questions, guys, and uh, talk to you guys throughout the week. Of course, Mike's got his podcast. Vinny's got his podcast. I don't. I did mine once. Um, but fantasy baseball, betting, these are your two guys for it. Um, the big thing coming up this week, Mike, and I know that, you know, actually Greg Joyce now says that DeGrom might not get an MRI Monday, but will get checked out by doctors. He's feeling improved and he threw today. I mean, if he's throwing today after the elbow thing, it really, it truly does sound minor. It uh, seems as if it's good news for the Mets and Mets fans. I know Mets fans always are waiting for the other shoe to drop, but it seems like it might actually be some, some decent news. If, if you're getting an MRI on Monday and you're worried about Tommy John, the last thing you're doing is throwing on Saturday. Exactly. So Greg, and canceling an MRI. <laughs> they didn't say it's canceled, but it says he might not get one, Callaway says. We will still see. He'll still get checked out, but he's feeling improved. So um, maybe the Mets dodge a bullet there. Something that uh, obviously everybody, you don't need us to keep an eye on it for you. You're, you'll, you'll see as soon as that uh, comes out. And hopefully for the Mets, uh, April 26th, he's eligible to come off the IL or the DL. And maybe he can make a start, which is just, uh, what is it, a week from, yes, so next Friday. Mm-hmm. So maybe just next Friday he makes a start. He misses, you know, one start in the rotation. Which would be the best case Every scenario. Mets fan in the world would sign for that right now. Agreed. But that's Friday. Friday night is round two of the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. Thursday is round one. And I know you were looking at some mock drafts today, and there's Giants fans out there on both sides of the fence. And we're Giants fans here. The whole show is Giants fans. So if you're new to listening to the show, I'm sorry you get more Giants than you're going to get, uh, you know, I want to say Cleveland Browns, but I actually get a lot of Cleveland Browns from this show. Big Browns. Um, a lot of them. Um, but anyway, the Giants, both sides of the fence, quarterback, no quarterback, Daniel Jones, Haskins, defense, what do you do? Um, I know you're concerned about a very reputable mock draft you saw today. Yeah, so Evan Silver from Roto World, who is um, – I put him up there with Adam Schefter. I really do. He is that good when it comes to football. He does weekly football things during the season. He is that good when it comes to football. Put out a, his mock draft where he has the Giants taking Daniel Jones at number six. And to me, it's disturbing. It really is. I don't want a quarterback at six. And if it's going to be a quarterback at six, I don't want it to be Daniel Jones. I hate that. I hate it, Rob. If anything, take a defensive player. And then you have, uh, you have another pick, right? If you need to move up again, you have that. You can move up into 12, 13 range if you have to. You cannot use the number six pick on a quarterback, let alone Daniel Jones. There's just no way that there's a quarterback out there that's going to be the best player on the board at number six. And the Giants have so many holes to fill, and you can't just take a quarterback. So there's uh, – from my website I was on. But this, you know, this idea that the Giants are – and NFL.com has them trading up to get Daniel Jones. I mean, come at on. five. Uh, that, that's ridiculous. The Giants' defense has Ugh. you and I basically ready to start from next year. The Giants are committed, basically, to Eli Manning to play quarterback this year. Um, You've got to take the best player available. And there's just not a quarterback out there right now, uh, unless unless Kyler Murray falls to you at six. 
I don't want to, but I guess you kind of have to. And then you're going to ask why he fell to you there. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I'm with you, Mike. I, I'm not taking quarterback. I don't know if I want to take Daniel Jones even at 17. You want you can convince me, I guess, there because it's the Odell pick. Mm-hmm. And, all right, well, we've got a quarterback out of it. We take a chance, but nothing will set you back further in football than picking the wrong quarterback in the top of the draft. Completely agree with you. Nothing. There's, there's no reason why you don't go take two defensive players. That's what it should be. It should be two pass rushers. Yeah, I'd take the two. But I would take the. I would take a linebacker and a pass rusher. I think that they could. You know, they won their Super Bowls based on pass rushing. Michael Strahan, OCU Manure. Improve the offensive Justin line. I, I'm fine with that. Um, listen, we're all past the Odell thing, right? You still have good weapons in Evan Ingram and Tate and Shepard. I'm fine with that. Barkley is a stud. I, I'm fine with that. Really, the defensive side of the ball, Rob, needs a ton of help. They need it. I, I, the, the Giants' offense cost them games in the first half of the season because their offense was terrible. They weren't on the same page. They weren't playing well. They also had a very hard schedule. They played they some did. really good teams. The second half of the season, starting with the game that we were at in San Francisco, yep. their offense played great football. They averaged almost 30 points a game. Mm-hmm. Guess what? They still were under 500 because their defense couldn't keep the ball out of the end zone. They couldn't hold a lead late in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. They would collapse with the lead. Now they got rid of Landon Collins. Yep. That was the best part of their defense. Yes. You have to go defense. Here. I completely There's agree with so you. many good defensive players in the top of this first round. You would be really stupid, A, to take Daniel Jones at six. B, even more done, to give up more draft picks mm-hmm. to move up to take him. Does Rosen get traded before or at the draft? It's a really hard spot for Arizona, right? Like They came are, out with their team video preview. He's not even in it. How are they going to get any kind of value? How are they going to get a second-round pick for a guy that the league knows you have to trade? Well, I don't know if that's true. We heard the rumor that a second was offered. If a second was offered, how come it's not done? Well, I'm just saying, I th- was it even you that said you would trade a second for Rosen and just draft two defensive players for the Giants, right? right. I'm willing to make that compromise. I don't right. want that's, to do that's that. That's what you would do instead <laughs> yes. of taking Daniel Jones yes. at six. I get it. But my point is, is are they even going to be able to get a second for him? Everybody knows they're desperate. Everybody knows right now that they're going to take Kyler Murray. It's, it's the you know, worst-kept secret in sports. Right. And everybody knows that they have to get something back for him because they wasted a top pick in him last year. Right. So everybody's like, I'm not going to overpay you for this kid that you – Drafted to be a franchise quarterback, they don't think it's good anymore mm-hmm. after one year. So, to answer your question, um, I could see him being traded on day two of the draft. I could sure. see him being traded, you know, it's not going to happen in the first round. Um, they're not getting in the first round for a pick no, for him. No. Um, it could be late day two or maybe day three. Give me your thoughts on the Raiders sending home their scouts in one of the most bizarre stories I've ever heard in sports. Well, I think that the mistake that you made is you quote one of the most bizarre stories. It's one of the most Raiders stories. Like, <laughs> and Raiders and bizarre, they're synonyms. So, yeah. You can't right trust your own scout? I mean, then what What are you doing? I mean, no matter who. They should all be fired to, then. And you do it right before the draft? It was like when the Knicks let Phil Jackson make a draft pick, and then they fired him the day after. It's insane. So, the only two uh, people in the organization that know what they're going to do for the draft is Mike Mayock and John Gruden. Unless they invite the scouts back this week for the, you know, oh, the war room. Oh, I'm sure that they'll be really they excited to. to come back. Yeah, but you have to. What happens if there, if something happens during the draft that throws you off? It's insane. It's like there's just certain teams, and every sport has them, mm-hmm. that just can't get it right. That just seem to be like, you know, that's so Raiders. That's so – I was Islanders for a while. Yeah. Or, 
you know, even the Mets, it's the, so Mets. The, the Miami Marlins in, yep. in baseball. Um, and it's just such a Raiders thing to do. And I know Gruden last year wanted to put his stamp on the team and you saw all the moves he made and, and uh, you, you trade a first, you know, you get a first round pick for Amari Cooper. And now your scouting staff doesn't even have any input. What's the point? <laughs> That's a lot of money wasted. That's a lot of time wasted. And, and if, if, if a two person system worked, there would be no scouts in any sports. Right. So let's not go away from it. So I, 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 think, it. It, I think you're right. It is bizarre. It's also very Raiders. Uh, other football news, which um, really pissed me off, was the Tom Coughlin, Jalen Ramsey. I don't want to call it an incident because it wasn't. They didn't have any interaction. But Coughlin spoke yesterday and said that uh, there was two players in Ramsey, and I forget the other one. It might have been Telvin Smith, the linebacker that they should be at the voluntary workouts and Ramsey's agent spoke out saying he's where he's supposed to be. He's with his family. They're voluntary. And Rob, there are so many Jacksonville Jaguar fans sticking up for Jalen Ramsey and first and calling him the best, team's best player. And uh, Coughlin's out of date. He's out of touch. There's a few things with this. First of all, Tom Coughlin has been known as a disciplinarian, correct? Uh, someone who's tough uh, on his team and on his players. Uh, we've heard former Giants that we've had on the show talk about it. We've heard what Strahan has had to say about it, right? You also have a Jacksonville team last year where three players were arrested in London after a strip club incident um, to the point where they cut Barry Church the next day. I wouldn't call that a small incident. Clearly something happened. Your star running back gets suspended for being late to team photo and missing the team meetings. I would call that a bit of an incident, right? They just seem to have no discipline last year. So if Tom Coughlin wants to call out two players for not being at the voluntary workout and trying to get more out of them and trying to maybe make Ramsey more of a leader off the field and on the field, I have no issue with it whatsoever. And I'm actually appalled that Jacksonville Jaguar fans are siding with Ramsey, who was ranked the 24th ranked corner last year at a pro football focus, not even top five, top 10, 24th. I have a big issue with that, with everyone siding with Ramsey instead of a guy who's a proven winner who has three Super Bowls in his career. And Jalen Ramsey was one of the guys that last year, you and I had an argument about the Jacksonville Jaguars. And one of the reasons I thought that the Jaguars were going to regress was because Jalen Ramsey won't shut up. Jalen yep. Ramsey won't grow up. Jalen Ramsey won't be a professional. Jalen Ramsey won't listen to the Tom Coughlin model of winning. And guess what? It didn't work. There was bulletin board material for every one of their 16 opponents last year because Jalen Ramsey had to trash everybody. And then he went out there and he had a poor year. And the team went out there and they had a 5-11 and 11 year. And he went out there and he's still, you know, he's a me guy. But that's what this world is now, Mike. It's a bunch of soft people and it's a bunch of people that are going to sit there and they're going to take the young, cool, mm-hmm. trash-talking football player over the old, wise, let's face it, white old man mm-hmm. that hasn't won in a few years, but he's won in this league. Right. And they're going to take the cool, hip you know, thing, and it's garbage. And anybody out there that's going to sit there and argue against Tom Coughlin, go talk to Michael Strahan. Because you know what? Michael Strahan, in the beginning of his career, not his career, but the beginning of his time with Coughlin, yep. clashed with Coughlin. And he didn't listen to the Coughlin way. And he wanted to leave. And you know what happened in Strahan's last season? Him and Coughlin had a a time where, you know, Strahan said, you know what? All this guy wants to do is leave. Let me give it a chance. And what did he do? Strahan went out as a champion. Mm-hmm. And Strahan was a better player on his worst day than Jalen Ramsey's ever been on his best day. And Strahan, to this day, still has his watch five minutes fast. Every day. And every – you think – stuff that you think is just stupid and dumb and that the millennials hate and that all these guys say is just so old school and all that. You know what? Sometimes old school works. Mm-hmm. 
And if you don't give it a chance, then don't knock it. And you can't knock Tom Coughlin because I think it was you that wrote it yesterday. I'm assuming it was you that wrote the Jaguars have been relevant three times, three years in their entire history. Mm-hmm. And all three years have one thing in common. It's not Jalen Ramsey. Tom right. Coughlin was there for it. Mm-hmm. And his first year back at Jacksonville, what did they do? They were great again. Mm-hmm. Then they wanted to be there, you know, follow Jalen Ramsey's model last year. It led to five and 11. Too many personalities. But right. it's too many people that just don't want to build into the team right. concept that Coughlin has. And then I also got the, um, well, Brady doesn't go to the voluntary workouts. And when you have six Super Bowl rings. and You're, you're going to compare anybody to Brady? Right. Come right. on. Six Super Bowl rings. And then go look at what Tom Brady makes yearly. And it's a hell of a lot more than what we make, Rob. But he's still the not the top paid quarterback for a reason because of the team aspect and bringing in other players. And uh, it's just it's it's crazy to me that if you go look, search Tom Coughlin on Twitter, anybody listening, search Tom Coughlin on Twitter and you will see all of the support for Jalen Ramsey and all the bashing on Coughlin. And it is shocking. I love to see the profile picture of these guys, you know, they are bagging on you and bagging on Coughlin. I guarantee none of them is over 30 years old. None of them know it. First of all, Jaguar fans don't know a thing about winning. Yep. A thing. For the 24th ranked by pro football focus cornerback. Yeah, but he talks trash and he's flashy and, and you know, he's a cool yep. jersey to have. That's really all anybody looks at because you certainly don't look at their performance last year. The fact that he put a target on their back last year. Before Trust you, me, Coughlin doesn't want that. Before you get to NBA, I have NFL trivia for you. And I don't think you saw my paper. So one tight end in the last three years has six touchdowns each of those three years. Can you name him? One, I mean, you wouldn't be asking me this if the answer was something obvious like Travis Kelsey or Zach Ertz. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and I know that you always want to put Gronkowski over, but I know he didn't have six last year. Agreed. So, One tight end has six touchdowns each of the past three years. God. Um, not a lot of time left in the show. It's not Delaney Walker because he got hurt last not, year. Jared not Delaney Cook? Walker. No, that's a very good guess, though. Cameron Brait. Cameron Brait has six touchdowns each of the past three years. So just uh, under the radar tight end and uh, has nothing to do with what we've been talking about. But (laughs) I saw it on Twitter today and uh, found it interesting. Yeah, and I I couldn't get it. And I wouldn't have guessed. I probably would have gone through Tampa Bay in my head and said, no, not him. So interesting. It'll be uh, now that I'm in your fantasy league. I'll remember that next fall uh, when come like the 14th round when I need and a tight still end. Still sitting out there. Yeah, him and OJ Howard sitting there. Uh, who knows who's going to be thrown to them? But um, uh, basketball, real quick. Not our strong suit. We're we're doing opposite, right? No Vinny the Shark. So we spend more time on hockey instead of basketball. We end on some basketball. But uh, Nets Sixers today in Brooklyn. The Nets stole game one. Mm-hmm. Sixers kind of showed some dominance. You think the Nets can get back in the series? Tonight? No, I don't think the Nets win another game. To be honest with you, I really don't. And still a successful season for them. Okay, they're not to be ashamed of. A hundred percent. I just don't think they win another game. Uh, the Nuggets and the Spurs. Uh, San Antonio has a two-one series lead there at home. Uh, they win this game four tonight at home. A five-thirty start. They put a stranglehold on it. Um, and it would be an upset to beat the Nuggets that were uh, six games better than them in the regular season. Yeah, the Nuggets were terrific at home the whole season. But Vinny said if there was one series before they all started that he could see an upset, it was the Spurs-Nuggets. Greg Popovic, that experience there. Um, listen, Spurs win today, and uh, I would feel very confident if I was a San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, it would be a three to 3-1. Um, Bucks rolling all over the Pistons the first two games in this Milwaukee. This has sweep written all over this it. Is, to me, this is the easiest uh, – you know, game of the day to pick. I think the I Bucks agree. In, in Detroit against the 500 Detroit team, um, they're nine and a half point favorites to Bucks. I have no. It's come down a little bit. I think it was like ten and a half. So it's come down a little bit. I, I still the Bucks will roll. Um, Houston 
went two and zero at home to start the series against the Jazz. I actually think the Jazz can get on the board tonight. I completely agree with you, a hundred percent. I listen. The Rockets are playing very good basketball towards the end of the season now and into the playoffs, but I think the Jazz do steal at least one game uh, at home. Yeah, and not a lot of intrigue really in, in the NBA. The Pacers about to get swept in Boston tomorrow. The Clippers got back on track with a thirty point. They win. don't win another game. Yeah, I'm sorry. The Warriors got on right. track against the Clippers with a thirty point win. They have um, awoken Kevin Durant. <laughs> and uh, the Raptors up two to one, so it could be a Raptors. That's Maple an interesting Leafs. series, though. That has been very interesting and very close. Well, I think the, the Magic Ra- don't have a t- chance to tie it. Right. I think the Raptors will get the win, but this has not been. Um, you know, when Vinny talked last week on the show, we, you know, he adopted with the Raptors. I think there'd be a little hesitation now. The Magic have played pretty good. Um, it could be a Raptors Maple Leaf spring out there in uh, in, in Toronto, and then it's the uh, Thunder and the Trailblazers tomorrow. Uh, Thunder at home trying to tie the series at two. Yeah, Thunder got a win last night to you know to get on the board there. Thunder, listen, that's a one of those matchups where home court really means a lot, Rob. So uh, I would like the Thunder tomorrow night. I would. First three games, Russell Westbrook is averaging a triple double. He's been doing this now for so long that it gets overlooked. Just yep. the, the absolute um, great play that he's been doing, um, averaging a triple double. I know it's three games, but averaging that ever mm-hmm. is, is pretty impressive. Don't so. be surprised if the Thunder come back and win this series. Um, okay. You heard it here first. Um, any final thoughts, Mike, before we say goodbye to our audience and wish Vinny good luck in Vegas? No, the Tom Coughlin thing was really my vent and, and final thought, Rob, but I know Tiger Woods on your mind. Yeah, no, I was Tiger Woods. Um, finally got the job done. I've spoken about him more than once, Vinny, on this show, every major he's been in. Um, I just think it's great for the sport. I think it's great for golf. Um, and America loves a comeback story. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the ultimate comeback stories. Michael Jordan talked about mm-hmm. it, saying that this is the greatest comeback he's ever seen. Um, and if you live on Long Island, you live in the New York area, and you guys watch us, he'll be here for the next major in about three weeks. So at the PJ at Beth Page Black, mm-hmm. um, go out and see him. It should be a lot of fun. Watching Tiger play in person, if you ever go to a golf event, you probably won't. You go to this thing and you walk around a golf course. It's huge. You play golf. Everybody's been out on a golf course. And there's just huge these, these galleries all over watching all these guys play. And Dustin Johnson, Jordan Spieth. And he just listens. And you hear all the noise. And it's like a freaking cult of people. And that's where <laughs> Tiger is. And if there's 150 people at Dustin Johnson, not, not an exaggeration, four or 5,000 follow Tiger every hole. It, you could go three or four holes ahead of him. Mm. And you watch this mass of people walking towards you. It's very, very uh, impressive and fun. So that'll be in a couple of weeks, but a lot this week. So uh, podcasts, Twitter, Facebook, we'll be here for you guys. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your Easter tomorrow. Yes. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next Saturday morning, hopefully with the full house on Over the Top Sports. Good night, everybody. Check out our website, which nobody uses. That was the law, man. I know.